Do you have a story, an issue, a company, or a person you'd like to bring to the attention of Chicago radio and TV newsrooms? Well, don't forget step one. Watch or listen to the show. Do you know the show? Do you listen to the content? Is the guest the right fit? And because if it's something that doesn't even work and has never been on a show, then really you're wasting your time and you're wasting my time too. I'm Charlie Meyerson. The Publicity Club of Chicago, once again taking advantage of my offer to moderate for food, invited me to preside over a panel of Chicago broadcasters gathered to talk about radio and TV best practices, getting on the air in Chicago, and to explain why you'd care about aging media like AM, FM, and broadcast TV. I started off with an easy one for WLS Radio Program Director Stephanie Tishner, whom you heard at the open, ABC7 anchor and reporter Stacey Baca, WGN Radio Extension 720 host Justin Kaufman, and WTTW Chicago Tonight Assignment Manager Ava Martin. Do you have a fax machine? No. I mean, yes, but no. (laughs) No. No. Yes, but all we get are roofing estimates. <laughs> Do you have a letter opener, uh, by which I mean either one of those knifey things or, you know, like uh, a person? Yes. No. 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 What is the best channel for reaching you? Phone, email, fax, letter, carrier pigeon? Ava? Carrier pigeon. No, email. Email. Mm-hmm. Email is the best way to reach me. Email. Uh, social media and email. All right, do you have a favorite time of day or week to get pitched on a story or story idea? The only time, let me just put it this way, don't pitch us on deadline. And that's pretty much between 3 and 6 o'clock. Um, that's, that's the crunch time for a lot of journalists. In the afternoon? In the afternoon. Justin? You know, it's, diff- it's different than it used to be. When I used to work at WBEZ, I would say the same thing. I'd say, you know, deadline this. I, I have to say, though, if you don't mind waiting, I, I don't mind. I, I feel like the email's always on. And sometimes I get it at 11 o'clock at night. Sometimes I get it at 7 o'clock in the morning. Whenever it is, you just have to be somewhat patient because mm-hmm. there are deadlines. But I've learned pretty I've learned to be able to uh, filter out emails uh, during deadlines because it just doesn't stop. I, I, I agree with Justin. There's not a bad time to reach me via email. So really any time of the day. Ava? Uh, I can also agree with that. Uh, any time is great for me. Our crunch time is typically between 5 and 7 p.m. because we are a later live show. But uh, any time is great. I check my email all times of day and night. <laughs> what is the proper follow-up? Uh, is any follow-up proper at all, or is there a point at which it becomes nagging? Let's mix it up. Stephanie, start with you. I think, for me, it's it's not nagging to follow up. But if I say, I'll get back to you, then, you know, wait a couple days. If I'm still not back to you, then, then reach out again. Um, if I say that uh, I'll get back to you in three days, then chances are I will. Um, and then, you know, personalizing it, too. Like, spelling my name correctly when you get back to me. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> Yeah, um, just being able to uh, connect with me personally really helps a lot, uh, addressing things to me personally. Um, I like to, uh, you know, just connect with people, you know. Justin? I'm I'm not a big fan of crouching down by the car. That's been done now. uh, I, you know, I... 
I wish I was better at communicating through email. I honestly uh, uh, try my best to keep up with all the pitches that come in. A lot of times, the follow-up, if, if it happens a second or third time and I haven't responded, and it's such a – I'm not happy that that's how it happens. It's, I'm not interested. And I, I understand that that's just – it feels very inhumane and it feels like I'm not being very um, social. And sometimes it's just the way it is because you have to understand what ha has happened in the, in, especially with email and the industry. Is there a lot of uh, super publicists that are coming out of the national scene, and they have WGN Radio on the list? I'm sure they have ABC and everything <laughs> in between. And so I'll wake up in the morning, and there will be 150 emails, and the, and and none of them are at all relevant to what I do. That's the problem. It's not like there's 150 great stories. I just can't get to them. There are 150 stories about Donald Trump or about something that really has nothing to do with what I'm doing in that day. So for me, it's just I, I, I would say continue to follow up and, and try to um, be respectful that I'm with my disrespect, I guess. <laughs> Stacy? Um, I'm actually sending our desk a note right now how many emails they have. I'm guessing they have probably more at, in their inbox, probably more than 25,000. So that's kind of what you're up against. I'll find out in just a minute what their exact number is. But um, I don't mind follow-up at all, but here's the thing. We're bombarded. I mean, we're getting thousands of emails all the time. So... Um, I, I think you just have to make a judgment call on your side. I mean, if it's something fabulous and you're passionate about, you want to follow up. If it's something like, this is a fight, I don't want to fight, then maybe you, like, let that one go. So, like, it has to be your, I think, your gut feeling on what is really worth fighting for and what's not fighting for. Because the ones you fight for, we might pay closer attention, but we don't want it to be, like, um, the person who cried wolf, right? Like, wait a minute, that person, we already heard this. Like, so you got to just be strategic about it because... There are great PR people out there. We know the ones like, bam, this person's solid. They're coming to us. It's whatever your passion is and what you want to fight for, that's what I would recommend on your end. I'm going to give you a bonus tip. Don't put my name in the subject line. If I get an email that says, Charlie, this is important. Here's what I think. Mail merge. I'm on somebody's list. Nobody addresses it an email that way unless it's computer generated. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to put any of our names in the subject line, let me know if you disagree. Be advised, that probably will make you look uh, less than genuine in your approach to us. That doesn't bother me. I, I mean, but that particular one doesn't bother me for some reason. Okay. I'm like, like, I want the good idea. I want a great idea in the subject line. Like your subject line is, cr well, for me at least. Absolutely. But if my name is the first word in the subject line, it's that much less likely that I will see really? the great idea in your subject line. I already know my name. I don't need you to tell me my name <laughs> in the That's subject line. That's interesting. That one doesn't bother me at all. I think okay. that's any, any other opinions on this? Am I the only one who feels this way? <laughs> no, you're right. Every, every fundraising email is like, Justin, we only have three hours left. Right. <laughs> all right. All right. We get it. This is the big one, really, and the one that I suspect is on the minds of many of the people who have paid good money to sit here and listen to us uh, offer our ideas. What is the best way, or at least a good way, for them to get their stories, their clients, on the air? That's why we're here. Stephanie. Oh, understanding the content of the shows. Do you listen to my station? WLSAM is not the same as WGN Radio AM. Every mm -hmm. show is different. So someone who's pitching something for Man Cow in the mornings, I mean, do, do you know the show? Do you listen to the content? Is the guest the right fit? And 
because if it's something that doesn't even work and has never been on a show, then really you're wasting your time and you're wasting my time too. Because if it's something good and you listen to the show, um, that's something I'm going to share with the the producers and the executive producers. Same goes for afternoon. So I think just ha understanding who you're pitching it to and taking the time to listen. Because and if you can't listen at while it's on, listen to the podcast. Follow them on social media. You don't even have to really listen. Just check out their Instagram page and see, okay, well, they have these kind of guests, so that works for this. So if it's something completely off-topic or off-brand, we're not even going to look at it. So what's a, give us an example. What's a, what's a way they can let you know that they're hip to what you're up to? What, what are some phrases oh, they can Oh, you know, it's really easy. You know, I... I it, great segment this morning, man, cow with blah, 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 if it was really on. Oh, that will impress me that you just even listened. Right. It's, you know, or, hey, right. last week when so-and-so said this, how fun. That also helps us as well if we if you connect to a story we've had on or guests that we've had on uh, and how we might uh, redo that story or, or add a continuum to that story, uh, that's also very helpful. Um, um, for us on the Weekend Morning Show, just to let you know, we're looking for fun, interactive, energetic segments that are Chicago-centric. Justin? Yeah, I, I agree with everything Stephanie and Stacy and everything, uh, everything is the exact same. For us, it's radio. So I was told one time at, at when I used to work at WBEZ, we had a guy come in from Canada. He was like a big uh, uh, consultant. We did this big thing, and I always attribute it to him. But he said, radio is people talking to people about people. That's all it is. And you can, you can slice it any which way you want, but it's really about the human voice and about the personal stories. So for me, when I talk about Extension 720, which is a show that I do, it's about showcasing the stories of the people that you're representing, and, and I want more of the personal stories. I'm not as interested in... And maybe uh, we were just talking about uh, the cancer walk or uh, something that's happened. Now, that, that's, a, that's a worthwhile story to talk about. But I'm more interested in why or who's, who's the beneficiary. Who is, uh, what, what is their story to put this together? What, what, what is going to uh, be a story that is going to resonate with our listeners, a personal story that people can relate to? Connection. That's what I'm going for. It's got to be local. It's, a, it's WGN Radio in Chicago. That's, 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 a, that's it. That's really it. I'm just looking for pitches about people. Ava, you were saying? Uh, yeah, I was just saying that personal connection really helps to tell the story. And for Chicago Tonight, I mean, it's in our name. It, if it has to do in and around Chicago, we really can't uh, interview people or, or are interested in people that are from New York or, you know, California, Arizona. I mean, while they may be great and interesting people, unless there is a Chicago connection, it's just not our program. And uh, otherwise, we would be doing nothing but, you know, stories about other people. And our program is focusing on the content, politics, public affairs, education, anything dealing in the Chicagoland area. I want to back up a bit and, and give our audience here some perspective. I want to hear from each of you about how you've come to have the job that you have and how your experience getting the job that you have makes you different from others on the panel, from others in our collective profession. Stacy, how'd you get here? 
How do I make that a headline? <laughs> we're not about the headlines here. We're about the deep, No, insightful. you don't want to go deep because my story's like way too long. Um, headline is this. I started off as a newspaper reporter at the Denver Post, followed a man in the military from coast to coast, from Virginia to California, ended up Chicago um, by a fluke, and have been here for... 17 plus years and that's loving awesome. it. That's so awesome. like, that's my headline. <laughs> well, and how does that make you different? What, what uh, perspective do you have that is different perhaps from other TV reporters and anchors in Absolutely. Chicago? What is that, I, what is that do I have for you? a military perspective that you wouldn't believe. My, my husband served in the military for more than 22 years. And as all of you, as you sit there, find people who are passionate on our side of the fence about something you may represent. I will read every single military and veteran pitch you send my direction. That's just me. That's my passion. That's what I love. That's what I think is important. And I feel very strongly about that, as you could tell. So, um, but we all have those types of passions. So like, if you tap into that, trust me, I have a flood of military active duty, veterans, just all those people in that community, because they know, send it to Stacy. She's going to read it. So like. That's what I recommend on your side because it's true. We all have that those areas that will perk up and be like, "Ooh!" So that's part of my story. <laughs> Justin, uh, I I was 19 and I uh, got a internship at WBEC and I I walked upstairs to the old Clark and Adams building and the frazzled producer of the uh, Talk of the City with Richard Steele was the name of the show in 1994. And Tom Tuber is a great guy. He said, "You're here for this? Can you cut tape?" <laughs> and it was reel-to-reel tape back then. And I was like, yeah, that's what I do at Columbia College. And he's like, you're hired. And he told me, he's like, at WBEZ, which is the NPR station, all we get are interns that come from the University of Chicago and Northwestern. Mm-hmm. We're very book smart, very research-oriented. They could tell you everything you need to know about the topic and the issue and the policy in the moment. But they can't cut tape. <laughs> so I got hired. And um, I, I grew up in Wonder Lake, Illinois. And uh, I've, I am a Chicago kid from that moment forward. I've been here for 25 years. I worked at WBEZ until 2015, and I moved from being an executive producer. I, I, if you listen to WBEZ, all of the shows from uh, anything that they've had on, I've been a part of. And then I moved to, to host my own show at uh, WGN. I wanted to host, and there wasn't opportunities at WBEZ, so I took the job at WGN. And I've had a great time working at one of the probably one of the most established, iconic brands in Chicago media history. And so to be there, I'm not lost, it's not lost on me how how special that moment is. And so for me, I feel like a small kid in Wonder Lake, Illinois, listening to, or my dad listening to Wally Phillips or Bob Collins in the the garage, to being that guy who's now broadcasting out of that radio is pretty special, so. I was honored to work with Justin for a short period of time as a producer when I was at WBEZ. He was great off the air. He's great on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Stamp of approval. Stephanie? Uh, I grew up not in Chicago. I grew up in a small town outside of New Orleans called Slidell, Louisiana. But I've been here 16 years. I finished college at Northeastern Illinois University. I studied communications. Uh, I actually interned at Channel 7 with Janet Davies many, many years ago. And... um, 
I found my passion in radio. I, I was at WGN Radio for 10 and a half years. That's my boss. I, I, yeah. <laughs> she just left like a month ago. I, I just left uh, in March uh, to join WLSAM. So it's, it's a new and exciting adventure. At, at WGN, I started off as a, a part-time producer. I actually produced Extension 720 with Milt Rosenberg, the, the show that uh, Justin hosts now. Um, so I, I think I have a great understanding of for for publicists, for producers, because I was that part-time producer making $10 an hour, and I hustled for years and, and worked my way up, and it was tough. And um, I know you get turned down constantly, and there's always a no or no response, but uh, keeping at it is important. And, you know, um, in my own career, uh, WGN was was home for a long time, and now I'm off to this new and exciting adventure at WLSAM. Mm -hmm. So it's been uh, it's been a great six weeks so far. And, wow. and did you, you produced a show or two that I that I hosted at GN, it seems like. I did. You? I pro Oh, gosh. She was great at that, too. Thank you, Charlie. I, yeah, I produced a number of shows with Gary Meyer, yes. uh, Milt Rosenberg, Rick Hogan, um, the noon the show, noon show which with, I with Charlie. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, she was great. Thank you. <laughs> Ava, I don't think you've produced anything I've done, but... Uh, <laughs> no, not this go round, but there's still coming. time. <laughs> uh, I have been a broadcast and media producer for over 30 years. Uh, my experience started, uh, I went to SIU Carbondale, go Saluki. Uh, very great school for uh, communication. Um, my first job in television was out in San Jose, California. Went there, worked at a tele small independent television station where you could do everything. So I was everything from the producer to a traffic manager to an on-camera uh, person, director, uh, technical director, all of the aspects of um, running a television program. And also, I came back here to Chicago to work at Johnson Publishing Company, which is sadly going downhill, uh, as the producer director of Ebony Jet Showcase for about seven years. So I inter uh, interviewed almost every top black entertainer there has ever been, um, and, and had the great fortune of working for my own company for a while. I also worked at the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, which is a great place for uh, actually people coming out of school, not knowing, you know, communication departments uh, of big religious organizations, they do have a lot of uh, content they need to get out. So that's a great, great place to have as a resource. Uh, and so this is sort of like my encore career again at WTTW. I am their assignment manager. And I think my experience as a producer has really given me the groundwork and the information I need to be able to be the air traffic controller of a newsroom because that's just what it is. I mean, you're managing crews, you're managing reporters, editors, you need a clip from this person, you need a still from that person, you get pitches from other people during the day, and so you're managing and trying to uh, sort through all of that stuff at the same time. So I think my experience in the long run has allowed me or given me the tools to be able to manage that job, uh, and I really enjoy doing that. Um, so, I'll start with you, Justin. I don't think I've started with you yet. What's what's a trend happening in radio that you think people in this room might be surprised to hear about? Well, I can only speak to. I, I think for us, WGN's been live and local for, and it's one of the last. Uh, remaining live and local stations in the country. Uh, what that means is you'll get 24-7 shows originated out of Chicago. 
Uh, most radio stations now are uh, including at WBEZ and others in town. And there you're going to get a lot of national programming that's fill kind of off hours. So I think that there's something special and unique about that. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a trend, but what's happening with us is because we recognize that these products need to serve both an audience that is on the terrestrial AM broadband and a digital audience, that we are considering the kind of content that we do for both individually. So no longer is it, hey, you made it to 720, you're going to be on at 615, and you're on 630, and maybe we'll get a cassette tape from the old days, we'll play a cassette tape and hand it to you, or maybe here's the MP3 and we put it on your website. They're now, and, and I'm seeing it more and more, individual uh, content or individual pieces that are just for digital, that are just for AM, that, that may not have that crossover, that might just be for streaming. This is happening at WGN where uh, because of sports commitments and things like that, a lot of our shows are moving to just off the website. And the audience is there. And that's what I think the trend is, is that we used to think of it as like an, an afterthought. The stream was an afterthought or the digital content was an afterthought. It's not. The amount, I, I can't tell you, and Stephanie and I have been in the meetings to watch the numbers come in and that are not calculated. It's not something people are paying attention to, but the numbers of hits that are to the, to the stream, to the, to the everyday part of our uh, station not listening through 720, it's, it's through the roof. And it keeps going up every single month. So remember that, that it doesn't it's a, it's a win to be both in a situation where you can get on AM, but it's also a win to get on streaming and to get to an audience that is pretty authentic at that place. Just a quick aside, when I was at WGN 10 years ago, uh, roughly, I remember a reporter of ours was out talking to someone who's young and fairly tech savvy and interviewing this person. And this person said, uh, when can I hear this? How can I hear this? And our reporter said, well, I don't know, it'll air at some point during the day in one of our newscasts. And the person being interviewed said, no, how can I hear it? Meaning, does it live on the web? Is there a, is there a place I can download it? And, and that was, at that point, an unusual thing, but it's increasingly the world that we, that we all live in. Uh, Stacy, what's what's happening in television that people yeah. might not know? When about? you see me on my phone, I'm not being rude, but I'm just giving you an idea of what we're talking about here. So yesterday, our website had 338,000 hits, and um, so what that there means you know. is like story by story. So we're talking about what surpri might surprise you with our newsroom is that we are. I would say that it's two newsrooms because it's not really that, but we have a whole force that's coming on board that is digital focused only, and they're out producing and they're out creating stories just for the web. And then after a certain time, they could come on air too, because there's this transition that's happening where some of these people are, some of our young reporters are young, like literally out of Northwestern. And so I think that's the most surprising thing for us is in Chicago, you, you could literally graduate from college and have a job at a major market station third largest in the country now. Now, you may not be on TV just yet, because they're like, obviously, we have a our bosses have a plan for that. But mm -hmm. they're like, OK, let's get you on the web. So like a lot of that web content is being pushed hard right now. So that's, I mean, we get a report daily in our mailbox about how many hits are happening, top five stories um, among all ABC ONOs and top five stories in Chicago. So it's very, con that's a big part where social media and 
web is playing a part. We yeah, can they cut that, can um, they cut tape? That would be the question. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to say we monitor that content as well, and and as Stacia said, uh, we've seen the trend merging to digital, and all of our content is available on our website, on Facebook, uh, on our Twitter feeds, and so that is our way of hopefully connecting with the broader audience. Um, I'm not sure if you've noticed where WTTW is now merging over to WTTW News from Chicago tonight. I mean, that's just at a base level allowing us to broaden our footprint uh, in, the, in the community, you know, in the broad spectrum of things. We have web producers that go out and do stories that are not broadcast on Chicago tonight, but their continual content is, is really elevated uh, via the web. Uh, like Stacy said, we get reports where we did a story on a woman who's a 102-year-old piano player, and I think she got something like, you know, a, a million hits in one day, you know, it was just unbelievable. So um, the content on digital is really allowing us to get your stories broader and more uh, intricately placed. Stephanie? You know, I, I think at the end of the day, we're, we're just storytellers. I think Justin um, and Ava pointed that out. So whether that story is told on air or through a podcast, digitally, um, I don't think that there's one way to receive content anymore. Um, the, the growth of, of home speakers has, you know, is really changing how people consume media. I think, you know, these changed how we all consume stuff. I'm constantly on my phone. I mean, I'm either uploading pictures of my children to Instagram or I'm, or I'm checking news and emails, right? right? So um, I think this, you know, really changed TV and radio. And so we're playing catch up and we're, you know, our audience is divided. Ideally, you know, someone is listening to WLSAM, here's something on Mancow, goes to Facebook, oh, I got to check out this picture that I just uploaded, listens to the right. podcast later for additional bonus mm -hmm. content, and then follows us on Instagram to see some Instagram stories throughout the day and see how that aligns with, you know, the messaging and the storytelling throughout the day. So I think that anyone at this table, that's, you want to have that stream, streamline of a story throughout the day. Flip side to this question is, yes, there's lots happening in the digital realm, but why might people in this room specifically want to get their stories onto broadcast live television or AM or FM radio? Anybody? Why they Justin? would want to? Yeah, I mean, what, what does live television do well, that the digital media don't do? I still think that, you know, there's, you see in AM radio, and I want to get too specific with numbers, and, and it probably you see this in television as well, but there still is a generation that that is their source for news and their, their practices, their, their habits. They're going to go to 720 in whatever form. They might change it by, by going to Alexa or something like that, but their habit is to go. So I think it's a lot of habits, and you see this in the numbers that are reflected in, in what we consider to be ratings, this idea of uh, a number of 55 to 64 or an uh, uh, older audience that still is really, really high rate for the, like the traditional broadcast stuff. But you see at a younger clip, I mean, the, the, anything from 18 to into the 40s, you will see them drop off. And they're using their habits, and I'm sure everybody in this room as well, your habits are more adjusted to an on-demand lifestyle. That's where television's going, obviously. That's where radio is going with podcasts, and that just seems to be the future. So the reason to get on there is there still is a dedicated audience for those, those platforms, 
but uh, it's changing rapidly, as you see from all of the way we consume our mainstream media. I agree with Justin. I mean, broadcast still has this specific audience. I think broadcast still drives a lot of force of news because, let's face it, if I don't see it on 2579, I don't know if it's a real story (laughs) until I start checking those resources. And it is a trusted resource. We at uh, WTTW try to always give our audience a trusted story. We're the place that you can come to when you've heard a rumor about something, but you want to really know, is it, you know, does it have any factual teeth to it? So we try to, uh, you know, definitely provide that for you. And I think we have a longer platform than some of the other news shows. We're able to dissect and really dig into a story, whereas some, uh, a, a snippet on Twitter or Instagram or even a local newscast only can dedicate two to three minutes to a story. We give it 10. What is a project or initiative that's new to your organization that you really want people here to know you're up to? Stephanie? Um, So I think that there's, uh, with any AM station, there's perception and then there's reality. Uh, For WLS, you know, we have a a brand new right of center um, streamlined content. So um, things that are right of center politically are a great place for WLS. We have syndicated content with Ben Shapiro and Rush Limbaugh, Chris Plant, but we also have a live morning show with Mancow, who has a um, a storied history in Chicago radio, and then live in afternoons with John Howell too. So uh, really understanding that our brand is solidified as a right of center brand, um, but with a live um, theatrical show in the mornings is something that I don't know if everyone's aware of. If, if you haven't listened, sample it, I say. If you like it, great. If you don't, great. I, I love feedback from anyone, whether it's email, Facebook, whatever. Ava? Well, as I mentioned before, uh, the thing we'd like you to most notice is that we're evolving to WTTW News, and that will give us this broader platform on digital and on broadcast. So that is something we are consciously moving toward, um, looking to evolve. I mean, we feel like the dinosaurs. If you don't evolve, you will die, and we're trying to stay alive. (laughs) Justin? You know, for me, I'll just talk about extension 720 the show i'm 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 trying something new i you know we don't i'm preempted a ton by sports uh the white Sox are on wgn radio and then blackhawks and uh and so there's you know yeah i get two or three shows a week and uh i'm being more thoughtful and theming those shows and doing more documentary type stuff more tape that i'll do in in the place uh getting out of the studio and trying to uh learn as much as i possibly can about the community in which we live so I have, uh, that's really what I'm trying to do. So when you pitch me, think about the location, think about uh, what possibly could be a story that lives outside the studio. It's not necessarily about sitting down in front of two microphones. It's about, it's about telling the story the best we can through the medium in which we actually uh, work in. Stacy? Um, I think new initiatives for Channel 7, just so you know, which you could be very helpful, I think, at this part too, is... Um, First of all, storytelling is our number one goal there, and it's been very much in our culture too. I think that right now there are a couple of initiatives that are very specific. One was just announced this week, and it's called Building a Better Chicago. And those types of stories, you know people who are doing just that, who are building a better Chicago, who are making things better. Um, 
it's a really put, positive push. And so often we hear, oh, you guys are so depressing. And yes, we have to cover the news, unfortunately. <laughs> but some of the news is, um, is depressing. I, I mean, granted, but that's what news is sometimes when things do happen that we do have to report on. To balance that out, we have Building a Better Chicago. That's just launching. We also have a segment called Chicago Proud something you could feel proud about. You've probably seen a lot of those, an immense number. And our weekend morning show wants to get launching this up. We're working on it as we speak, but we want to um, get out in communities, and we have a few under our belt, but, and start adding them on our weekend morning show, where it's just like, good morning, Chicago. We're here in Skokie from such and such elementary, like, and just get people from all over so that they could feel part of this too. I mean, yes, it's a snippet on TV that fast, but you wouldn't believe we have this perfect pet segment that is going gangbusters nuts. Oh my gosh, I put that on my Facebook page. I have like 780 pictures within like 24 hours. So like, so those are like the very specific Chicago-y things that we're after. And um, any of your pitches in that regard would be very welcomed. All right, we'll take your questions. Uh, we don't have microphones, so speak loudly. Just raise your hand. Number one, go ahead. How can we um, make it easier for you? What do you want to know in a pitch? Do you want to know what different kind of segments that we could do on, that fit your show? Do you want to know like what, what are the kind of things that would just make it really easy where you look at it and you're like, okay, not uh, For me, it's, it's really, I, I'm in charge of figuring out what the segment is. Uh, and so that's that's in my job description. So I don't need you to necessarily tell me what it's going to be or how you think it can be covered. Uh, and so for me, I just need to know the nuts and bolts of who you're pitching and why you're pitching and why it moves you. And and I know that that's hard because this is professional. It's you know and that's more uh, emotional and maybe personal. But that's what we're going for. I'm trying to find stories that move people, and that could be anything from life or death, or to someone who, like Stacy said, is trying to make a better Chicago. But th those are the kind of things I want to know from you, uh, less about how you think the story can be treated. I'll toss this out as, and I may be in the minority here. Feel free to argue with me. Uh, it, to some extent, the news release is counterproductive. If you write out the whole story for me, I know everyone else is getting that same news release, and it's that much harder for me to figure out where this story is going to go in such a way that it's different from what everybody else is going to do. So short, to the point, a few bullets, and maybe a question or two, that could be remarkably effective for me. I don't know. Anyone want to disagree with me on that? Yeah, I would just say the longer the release, the harder it is for me to read. So short bullet points really help. Uh, if a, your release is two to three pages long, I, honestly, I will never read it. <laughs> Stephanie, were you going to say something? Uh, no, I agree. I also think like it's it's great to to know who you're pitching, care about who you're pitching, but to have a list of interview questions, that's something the host would do naturally. So it's really who uh, who they are and and why this matters to our audience. Yes. To follow up on that point, which is a great question, um, I wonder, we used to put in resources available, like B-roll or, you know, some background stuff. Do you still need any of that? I, you know, honestly, I, I still look at it depending on what it is. Sometimes it gives us a, a source, a reference as to mm -hmm. what it is, but generally we will go out and shoot our own content. Right. Uh, we like, our, we don't want to see the same thing that, 10 other places we'll show. We'll go out and shoot our And I'll toss this out. A big-ass attachment is problematic for us, for me, anyway. Oh, My mailbox you. is co continually flirting with full, and I'd much rather get a link to content than a massive attachment. Do you still believe in follow-up via, via phone call? 
or email just the best thing? Do you get annoyed by phone calls? Is it worthless? I have to say, I'm never in my office. I'm always running around the studio. So if you're reaching my phone, you're not going to reach me on. I, you know, I have my cell phone on my business card. I don't have my office phone because I'm I'm never just sitting down. Like I, I'm going back and forth to the newsroom into the studios. I'm rarely sitting there to answer the phone. So. Really, email is is the best way. Yeah, voicemail is. I mean, it's, it takes real time. It takes me thirty seconds to read to listen to something that I could read in five seconds. I don't even know what the number is to my office. <laughs> <laughs> and they changed it at some point like a year ago. And I never got it. But the uh, I am an email guy. I'll even take text. Uh, yeah. It is hard to yeah. talk on the phone because it's. I don't know why. That's. I used to be the. It used to be the way to go, but now I feel like it's. It's a. I don't know, it slows me down. But sometimes I really do enjoy talking to people. It really has a personal touch. And you can get to know someone, you can kind of get a feel for what kind of clients they have or who they're pitching. And so sometimes, I mean, I am at the desk. So uh, I'm sort of chained to the desk for most of the day. So it's a mini vacation for you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, give me a call, you know. Give me a distraction for a moment. Can I just say yes, that please do. I grossly underestimated the amount of emails. <laughs> 209,222 emails are in our inbox right now at the station. Yeah. Also, I'd like to say that Stacy emailed that while this was happening, and she has yeah. so much cloud and power <laughs> no. that her news desk is like, Stacy's email, we got to get this information. It made it through. <laughs> it made it through. If I did that at GN, they'd be like, I'll get it to you in three No, four. no, that's not true. <laughs> From WTTW Chicago tonight, assignment manager Ava Martin from WLS Radio, program director Stephanie Tishner from WGN Radio, Justin Kaufman from ABC7 Chicago, Stacy Baca, and Charlie Myerson. Sign up for ChicagoPublicSquare.com. Email, it's free. And thank you again. And that's how it sounded May 8th, 2019 at Maggiano's Little Italy in Skokie, Illinois, as I grilled ABC7 anchor and reporter Stacey Baca, WGN Radio's Extension 720 host Justin Kaufman, WLS Radio Program Director Stephanie Tishner, and WTTW Chicago Tonight Assignment Manager Ava Martin for the Publicity Club of Chicago. If you enjoyed this, you'll find more in iTunes, on Spotify, via Alexa-powered speakers, and on your favorite podcast player under Charlie Meyerson Interviews. Or visit interviews.meyersonstrategy.com. That's M-E-Y-E-R-S-O-N. I'm that guy. Thanks for listening.